Hello, and welcome to 360, United Way of Central Ohio's podcast. I'm your host, Angel Harris, Chief Development Officer here at United Way, and I'm here today with Darcy Congrove, Certified Public Accountant and Managing Director of GBQ Accounting Firm. She's also a longtime volunteer leader for our United Way. Welcome, Darcy. Thanks, Angel. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're really excited today um, to have a conversation about giving. And today, we'll be talking about the recent changes in the tax code, and particularly how it may affect charitable giving. Based on a study down by Giving USA, individuals contributed $282 billion to charity in 2016. And that number has been steadily rising over the past two decades. That includes health and human services, the arts, religious institutions, universities, the full scope. And we know that most people get to charity because they want to be part of the change that they want to see in their community. But as an added benefit, that generosity is rewarded through a tax break when individuals file their taxes and itemize their deductions. So Darcy, I just wanted to start off with you maybe telling us, how does it work when someone donates to a nonprofit organization and then they're eligible to receive a tax benefit? Yeah, so I've been uh, a tax accountant now for 25 years, and it's still funny to me in kind of day-to-day conversation when I talk to people about what write-offs are or what tax deductions Mm -hmm. are. And I think there was a great Seinfeld episode uh, a long time ago where Kramer was walking around talking about, just write it off, Jerry. Everybody's (laughs) doing it. It's a write-off, you know? And how that perception of what a deduction is really influences people's decision-making and their behavior. Um, So we should start with just what a deduction is in the first place, which is, you know, anything that you can take as a deduction against your income that becomes taxable. So I think a lot of people think about deductions as if if you give money to charity, you're kind of getting a dollar for dollar benefit on your tax return. And that's really not how it works. So what happens is depending on what your tax rate is, you get a benefit equivalent to that percentage. So if you give a dollar to charity and you're in a 25% tax bracket, you get 25 cents in tax benefit on your tax return. Um, But further, that only benefits those who are actually able to itemize their deductions. And that's another piece that I think a lot of people don't understand is that the individual tax code for a long time has allowed for a standard deduction against income that everyone's entitled to regardless of whether they have enough deductions to itemize. And so the itemized deductions have included historically things like state and local income taxes, real estate taxes, mortgage interest, charitable contributions, and some sort of you know, legal fees, investment advisory fees, and so forth. That has shifted now in 2018 with the implementation of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And so what we have today is a much bigger standard deduction in 2018 than when we had in 17, which means that we'll have a lot less people who will hit that threshold where they will itemize, and that potentially impacts our charitable giving. Okay. That's a, that's a great overview and really helpful for our listeners. So what does the change mean uh, from a charitable giving from your perspective? Do you see the change as positive, negative, neutral, and what are any unintended consequences that may come as a result of the change? Right, so we've got some changes that are positive and some that are negative, okay. uh, which happens in almost every tax <laughs> yeah. bill that we see. 
This is a big tax bill, by the way, one of the biggest pieces of legislation in terms of the number of changes and the scope uh, that we've had in a very long time. So the way that this one works is falling very differently on different people, depending on their individual situation. So I think a lot of tax bills in my career have been very easy to kind of distinguish as soon as the legislation was published, who's, who's going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser. In this particular one, you really have to do your own math because all of these things are dependent upon what's happening on your individual tax return and what other sources of income and deductions you have. But stepping back specifically to the pros and cons in this bill related to charitable giving, we have typically had a threshold of 50% of adjusted gross income as the maximum amount that you could give to charity and deduct. And anything that you gave beyond that, which would be certainly a very generous contribution, uh, would be carried forward to future years. The new tax bill moves that threshold to 60% of adjusted gross income. And so if we define adjusted gross income, that's really the sum of all of the income that you've earned. So that could be W-2 earnings and interest and dividends and investments business income that may be flowing through your personal return. So when you consider all of your sources of income, you can give now up to 60% of that in any given year and take a full deduction for that. That again presumes that you're itemizing. Mm -hmm. So one of the key things that has changed in the new tax bill is that the standard deduction has significantly increased. And we were previously for single taxpayers at a number of 6350 and that number is now $12,000, which means that you need almost $6,000 more in itemized deductions before you would qualify to itemize at all. And a component of those itemized deductions is obviously our charitable contributions. So for many taxpayers who previously hit the threshold to itemize, they likely may not be itemizing today. The estimate on that is that perhaps half of the people who were itemizing before are not gonna be itemizing now. And that's where I think there are some predictions by organizations like the Tax Policy Center and others that are predicting that maybe charitable giving will be influenced by this change in tax law. So if their main goal was for the tax benefit, right. they may do something a little bit different. If they just love their community, they'll still give anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think the place where we see the benefit on the 60% adjusted gross income uh, really happens with retirees. Mm -hmm. So in our practice, we see a lot of people who are no longer actively working and many of their, their sources of income are from investments and passive so, um, sources of income, but they still have substantial means mm -hmm. to give. And another trend that I've been seeing with my clients, and maybe you guys are seeing at United Way too, is that there are a lot of donors who used to make charitable bequests in their will. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot more people now today, active retirees who really want to make the gifts during their lifetime because they want to see their money at work. And oftentimes those are organizations that they're very engaged with. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing hands-on volunteerism at the same time that they're giving. And in a situation like that, the benefit of being able to deduct up to 60% may be significant because retirees may not have a lot of sources of income that's hitting their tax return on any given year. I see, I see. Well, you also made a great point earlier, Darcy, about the number of people who will itemize their deductions. 
United Way Worldwide did a study and found that 60% of United Way donors itemized their deductions on their tax return. And so one of the things that I began to think about as everything was finalized towards the end of 2017 is how many of our donors who don't currently itemize their deductions may think they're losing a benefit when really the benefit is still there, right? It's just how you choose to handle your tax return. So a benefit's not leaving, right? It's just, like you said, it's your numbers, your own numbers and how it affects you. Right, so the threshold has moved, but I think a lot of people who give to charity and think about the tax deduction piece of that mm-hmm. don't even realize when they sit down to do their tax return that if they're not itemizing, there wasn't a deduction there in the first place. It's really all wrapped up within that standard deduction. Yeah. So for a lot of people, to your point, particularly those um, maybe young givers and people mm-hmm. who are not homeowners, mm-hmm. they weren't qualifying to take that deduction in the first place. So there's really no change for them at all. Okay, that's a great point. So Darcy, do you think that allowing taxpayers who do not itemize their deductions to take a charitable tax deduction will ever be an option? So that's an interesting question. Over the last number of presidents and administrations, um, both Democrats and Republicans, there's been a lot of discussion about this idea of allowing charitable contribution deductions, even for those that don't itemize. The most recent of those were proposed by Bill Clinton in 2001 and then by George W. Bush when he was campaigning for president. Mm -hmm. And the theory there is that charities are doing some meaningful work that needs funding and that the tax deduction is an incentive to that funding and that if we don't have that funding then some of those good works don't happen Mm -hmm. so it's really kind of a public policy thing to think about whether this is a good idea to incent americans to give more money to charity for good causes through the tax deduction the problem that we have and that has existed certainly since those proposals is this very partisan system and a rising deficit and a recession in the middle of all of that and the opportunity to try to meet all of the congressional budget rules and to pay for that deduction. So I think there's a lot of study around how much tax revenue that might reduce Mm -hmm. for the federal government if everyone were allowed to deduct it Mm -hmm. and where those offsets would come from and then we get mired in this kind of political debate that seems to not have an end Mm -hmm. or not have a conclusion and so they've really not gone anywhere. I still think there's a lot of viability. I think those issues are going to come up a lot more here in the next couple of years now that we have increased the standard deduction by as much as we have and we start to see inevitably in the next couple of years what the impact is on charitable giving or not because it's really a test of human behavior and how they make decisions Mm -hmm. and what we don't know for sure is how many people were giving for the tax benefit versus giving because they believed in the cause. My hope is that the cause is gonna override the tax benefit and I think um, only time is gonna tell because we've had the charitable deduction for so long that it's hard to kind of prejudge how people will change what they're doing. Well, as we all make decisions about charitable giving in 2018, what are some key points or things that we should remember? So I guess first and foremost, uh, as a tax advisor, people get really excited about getting deductions, whatever that may be for. Mm -hmm. And we see this a lot at year end. 
And because you see this behavior at year end where people are thinking about their taxes and how do I get something else into that year, charities have built up the habit of doing year end giving campaigns mm -hmm. and asking for money at year end because they know people are tax motivated at that point. So the number one thing people need to remember is that you don't spend a dollar to save 30 cents. Mm -hmm. Right, so whether that's a deduction that you're taking for charity or whether that's a deduction you're taking for business expenses or other things you're doing, you wouldn't spend money necessarily that you're not motivated to spend otherwise to save a fraction of the dollar that you're spending, right? right? And I think, so just getting people to understand the real benefit of a deduction is important. I think most individuals give to charity because they believe in the mission of the organization mm -hmm. and because they really wanna make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I don't think tax legislation is necessarily gonna change that. But I think the year-end push is probably very different now, right? The messaging around when you give and how you motivate people to give may shift in the way that we're asking our donors to engage with us. Well, you likely have had your clients asking you some really specific questions about their own um, unique circumstances. What kind of questions are they asking you? We did a lot of conversation in December mm -hmm. as people could foresee the changes coming mm -hmm. about what might not be deductible in 18 that was deductible in 2017, um, which specifically relates primarily to real estate taxes and state and local income taxes. And so we did a lot of prepayment of that. Um, as we've gotten into 18, we've been having a lot of conversation around how we maximize the benefit of itemized deductions, particularly for those people who may or may not um, be close to that threshold. Mm -hmm and how they potentially can bunch some of those deductions into one year versus another. So we may see some patterns shift with giving or with payment of real estate taxes or any of the other things that kind of straddle a year end where people can pull those things into one year versus another and maybe be able to itemize in one year and not the next. Okay. And kind of doing planning around timing in addition to planning around bigger picture things like donor advised funds and charitable giving uh, you know, through your will and gifting and all of those issues that are kind of perennial tax issues that we talk about with our clients. Oh, that's great. And, and those are some of the conversations we're having with, with our donors as well as we work with um, many of them who give large gifts to United Way and trying to develop strategies for them each year to determine what would be best for them. In addition to that, United Way is going to be launching a donor advised fund this year of our own um, in partnership with the Columbus Foundation. And so we will also have that option for our donors for them to start a donor advised fund with United Way. So that makes me very excited to hear that that's um, some of the advice that you're giving. Anything else that you can share with us or any other advice that you'd like to um, share with our, our donors in our community about the, the change? You know, again, I, I think the most important thing about this particular tax legislation is that it has a lot of changes to the individual tax system and a lot of changes to the business system for those individuals who own businesses that flow through to the personal tax return, which causes people really to have to do their own math or get their accountants to help them with the math mm -hmm. and understand their own individual situation because we've got a lot of things moving in different directions. We've increased standard deductions, we've changed wage withholding because we don't have mm -hmm. personal exemptions anymore. There are a lot of deductions available from the business standpoint. They're gonna be taxed differently than they I were see. before. So there's a lot of moving parts. And as we look at kind of typical taxpayers, 
we're finding that there really is no such thing. And it's not easy to say to anyone who asks, how's this going to impact me, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or negative yeah. for them and to what extent. So my encouragement for everyone would be to really take a look at 2018. And that sounds funny because I think in February, you're generally worried about getting your tax return done for That's 2017, right. That's right. not yeah. thinking ahead to the next year. But I think this particular legislation causes us to want to get ahead of the curve so that some planning can happen. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. And that's a great segue to part two of the discussion that we will be having to focus a little bit more on some specific scenarios of local taxpayers and what change that might mean for them in 2019 and beyond. So thank you for tuning in. Please tune in for part two with Darcy coming very soon where we'll talk about some more specific scenarios. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you.